You're listening to the Advocacy Podcast. This is Episode 5. In this episode, we'll be dealing with two topics. First of all, dealing with client and witness stress, just a few remaining points for you to remember. And when we've done that, then we turn to the preparation interview. That is, when you sit down with your witnesses and take their story. And this is just another form of examination in chief, and we'll see how important the links between that preparation interview and your chief will become. But let's start with a few important wrap-up comments about aspects of your client and your witness's stress with which you need to be familiar. First, that they're going to have plenty of stress because they have more at stake than you do, but they know that they're depending on you for whatever's going to happen in that courtroom. And their stress will be present when you meet them for the first time. They'll be present at court before they give evidence, while they're giving evidence, and after giving evidence. And don't ever forget that it doesn't occur to your clients or your witnesses that you too are stressed. Bear in mind also that in our adversarial system, there are only winners and losers. Therefore, about one half of all litigants are looking for others to blame. Lawyers like to blame witnesses for their losses. Clients like to blame their lawyer or the decision maker. Now, it's a sad fact that whatever you do for your client, it may not be enough to give them what they wanted or hoped for. And because of that disappointment, it's essential that you can always say and demonstrate by, for example, well-expressed, clear and signed instructions from the client that you took reasonable actions to assist them with their legal problem. Now, you need to prepare your clients and your witnesses for going into the courtroom. And here is a short list of things that you must always make sure have been done. First, to make sure that they can contact you when they arrive at court. These days, that's probably best done by a text message, so they need your phone number. Equally... You need their phone number and backup contact details so that you can contact them if you can't find them or if their evidence is to be by AVL. Now, when they are coming to a court, make sure that they understand that if they're bringing a car, that they have to have all day parking and make sure that they've bought some toilet paper with them. Then... There's the issue of what happens when you have a client or a witness who's a substance abuser. Please bear in mind that because courts are so stressful, there is a very strong incentive for any witness or client who's a substance abuser to do exactly that, either before they come to court or while they're there. For that reason, you need to have a minder for them. 
and as you'll learn by making the mistake only once. The minder for a substance abuser must never be another substance abuser. With those things out to one side, make sure that um, you're clear with your client and each witness about what you're going to do with them when they're in the in the courtroom giving evidence. There should be absolutely no doubt in their mind about the topics that you're going to question them about, the order in which you're going to take those topics, and they should be prepared for any cross-examination that's likely to follow. Returning then to um, if you're doing criminal cases and you're acting for the defence, remember that it's not just a courtesy to go down to the cells beneath the court in the morning if your client's in remand when they arrive on the prison truck. It's more than that. It's showing that you care. Just as importantly, perhaps more so, when a client is convicted and has been taken down out to the prison truck to go back to jail, make a point of getting down there to say something to them before they go on the truck. They are your client. They put their hopes in you, and you have to face their despair face to face. And finally, terms of points that you always need to remember with every case. Where you have acted for a losing party, in their mind, there is always the issue of should they appeal. This is whether it's a civil case or a criminal case. You need to be very clear in your mind about when, where, and how. There's going to be a discussion about whether there should be an appeal or not, and who will be running that appeal for them. And of course... There are strict time limits in which notices of appeal have to be filed. So much so that it's a good idea to at least raise the topic uh, with the client uh, prior to the decision being handed down so that they have some understanding that there's a time limit and a need to have a proper discussion about who's going to do what and when. Now that completes the discussion of dealing with client and witness stress. Having done that, you might recall that earlier on in this series, I introduced the backstory of Jack and Jill, the nursery rhyme. If you haven't yet done so, now is a good time to find those YouTube videos and reacquaint yourself with the ways in which that rhyme can be told. Our topic is now the preparation interview that you have with your client and each witness who's going to give evidence at the hearing. There are a number of aspects of a preparation interview which are repeated when you have the witness in court and you're doing their examination in chief. These elements in common include settling your witness, having, sharing and following an agenda of agreed topics, 
demonstrating that you're listening to the answers given by your witness and moving incrementally throughout the questions and answers. Your purpose in having the interview, be that face-to-face or by audio-video link or on the phone, is to develop a sense of not just the witness's story, but also of their capacity as a messenger. In other words, their likely credibility. As well as that, the interview provides you with a very important opportunity to create a sense of teamwork with each witness. By teamwork, I mean that the witness understands that having you along will add value to what they can tell the court. Put another way, without you, they'd be rather worse off. So make them feel that it's worth their time to be there, sharing their story with you. But despite that level of comfort, it's not a chat between equals. You have skills that you must employ to get the relevant story from a witness as quickly and as completely as you can. Your skill set includes controlling the process whilst not looking as though or sounding as though you are forcing them along any particular path. By all means, give them free reign to explain to you the nature of their story, but make sure they do it quickly and be very quick to take control if they're rambling on topics that are of no relevance to the case. Using your understanding of the case, set an agenda of the topics the two of you will be covering during the interview. Make sure that they understand that agenda because you're going to be using that agenda again when you go into the courtroom. Your questions should be very incremental, little steps and nothing more. On anything that is important, be sure to repeat their answer back to them so as to demonstrate not only that you're carefully listening to them, but also to trigger any recall of associated detail that is in their mind, and through exactly the same repetition, to make sure that your own memory is being keyed to recall the essential detail later on. When you think the interview is complete, be sure to go back over the key points with them and have them confirm the accuracy of those points. Tell them when they should expect to receive a written version of the interview and that they must have at least a day or a couple of days to think about whether they have told you all that they know. Of course, you will also prepare some signed instructions that you will want the client to sign before they leave your office. Before they sign, just make sure that they actually can read. Do not assume it. And lastly, in this episode, an important tip about all your interviews. Make sure that you always accompany the witness whom you've just interviewed out of the meeting place 
and as far as you can go with them, for example, to exit the building or to their car. Walk next to them and chat about something that's seemingly of interest, but not related to the case. What will surprise you each time it happens is that the witness who has told you sincerely that they have shared with you everything they know will blurt out some additional fact between the time when you leave the meeting and when you say goodbye to them following this walk, some additional fact that is really of great significance to the case. This happens so often that we have to assume that the stress associated with seeing you having now been lifted, something triggers in the witness's brain and they come up with something that they had genuinely overlooked. Never forget this insight. You'll be surprised how often and how much it pays dividends.